Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. We're recording this morning on Saturday because I'm heading out of town for a couple of days again. And I just have to tell you, Elizabeth, so my younger son, Campbell, had been staying with us on and off since June because mm-hmm. he was waiting to to start a new thing. And so it's been great because he's been coming and going, and and but he's been here all that time. And he left on Thursday. And so he's gone. He left Winnie, Winston, his cat behind, who is just so cute, beautiful. We think he's part Mancoon. Oh, because he's big, huh? He's big. He's about 22 pounds. Holy buckets. And he's got white, white belly fur. And then he's sort of blonde on top. And he's got the most blue eyes you could ever imagine. He's a beautiful, beautiful cat. Um, Not fussy, but very particular. Um, As all cats are and should be. So he's a he's an interesting roommate, but so he's been left behind. So this morning I woke up and I just wanted, I actually really enjoy cleaning, but I enjoy doing it when nobody's around and I can mm-hmm. just put on, I have a book that I have to read for class. So I'm listening to it on Audible so I can clean at the same time. And for about three hours this morning, my husband Ian did Coast to Coast last night, which is a show that he does. It's a national show that he does from midnight to four. So wow. he's asleep. The cat went outside and he's on our third floor porch and he found a, one of the cushions on the seats and he's just sort of in the sun. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm cleaning and it's such a happy feeling to bring order while the house is just so, so quiet. I mean, it's so lovely this morning. It's the best Saturday morning. And of course, a cup of coffee. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. I'm on yeah. cup of coffee number two. Are you and... really? Yeah, your morning's probably a little different than mine. Well, it, it's been kind of the same. I mean, we are Good. kind of in like a little bit of clean out mode. Like Jay came in the kitchen and he's like, we got a situation in the basement fridge. And I was like, what is it? Oh. And he said, everything has to go. The basement Ugh. fridge is a really interesting thing because if you live in Minnesota and you have Ugh. a family, I would say a lot of people have a basement fridge. Like if yeah. you have a basement. I did when I was in Minnesota. Just, Yeah, you end up with another fridge. So when we did our kitchen renovation, we kept the refrigerator that was in the old kitchen and we moved it to the basement and it sits next to the deep freeze. And our fridge in our kitchen is pretty big though. So I don't totally need it. Like I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, should we just unplug this thing? Because we have a deep freezer too. So the deep freeze is really what gets used all the time because I'm constantly buying large amounts of meat and salmon and putting it in there. I'm like a bear. You have to play. Yeah. You have to have a place for the cow. That's exactly what you have to have. You always, if I don't have a place for a quarter <laughs> cow at any given moment, I feel very uncomfortable and very unsettled, and like I don't know what to do. 
but the basement fridge has sort of been the place where condiments have gone to die. And Ugh. so Jay went through, I just feel sick about it. I And you know how anti-waste I am. You know, right. like I give everything to the chickens. We have a compost bin. I really, waste makes me very unsettled and yes. I don't like it. And so throwing out like 20 jars of stuff and containers of stuff is just, but some of it, Marjorie had, and I'm not a psycho about expiration dates, but some of it had been expired since like 2019. That's yeah, how bad time. it was. It's time. It's time. Like and even Sriracha, Jay was like, does Sriracha get old? And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Like maybe it just won't be as spicy. And then he handed oh. it to me and he's like, okay, we'll take it upstairs. And if you think it's okay. And I looked at it and I was like, this Sriracha has separated. We will not be consuming yeah, this no. Sriracha. <laughs> no. Was there any mold in the fridge? I didn't see any, but Good. he was pretty judicious about it. And then Jay has a weird, I'm going to out him on this because he's a real minimalist with a lot of things. Right. Except for golf clubs and pickle juice. And he will save pickle juice because he really likes it in a Bloody Mary. Oh. And in football season, he loves a Bloody Mary. Like he'll, right. I mean, he'll have one for sure at some point this weekend. Right. And so he likes to add the pickle juice to the bloody and he always likes to be prepared. Like if we're, I don't know, if people show up, we yeah, want to hear People are always showing up at your house. So I, yeah. under I understand this need for extra pickle juice. But then he was like, you know, I'm at this point where I've got like four to five jars of pickle juice. And I yeah. know the trick, you know, you can just add vegetables to the pickle juice and turn it into quick pickles. Do you know that you can do that? No. Do you like think I'll old ever do pickle that? juice? You could just ever do carrots that? and stuff and put it in there. But the problem is that the pickles he buys have high fructose corn syrup in them. And I don't like it. So I don't want to put the stuff in there. This is my life. This again, I say it's a little different than my Saturday morning, but still yeah. a good feeling. Cleaning out is always a good feeling. Cleaning it's stuff awesome. out. It yeah. feels really good. And a reminder that having less is definitely more. It's just the truth of the matter. Well, this transitions nicely to how I spent my last nine days. I know you um, were just on a magical trip. I'm so, I've heard nothing about this. I'm so excited. Well, here's the thing, and this is why I bring the trip. I generally don't talk a lot about travel on Best of the Nest. I do love to travel. I take little trips now and then. But this one was interesting because my son was going to Europe well, here's the combo. My son's girlfriend was going to Tanzania to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. She's very cool. Yes. Do so you hear she, crunching happening, by the way? That's okay. Crunch? He can hang with us. That's Heathcliff just showed up with a jar of potato chips. Hey, <laughs> 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 okay, Dodo Bird, you got to go downstairs. Mama's got to finish. Then you can have more chips. Go on. All right. He might just hang out. I would love it if he would hang out. Do you like I, the crunching that happened? <laughs> I'm so good with the crunching. I actually love that he came up with potato chips because this is the sign that his father is in charge downstairs. So. Yeah, they are organic and cooked in avocado oil. Because <laughs> of course I'm they lunatic. are. Um, so I generally, so I don't really talk a lot about travel, but my son called me, my older son Gar called me. Um, Oh, just to make up where I was. So his girlfriend went off to Tanzania to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which I had to do my very best to not be, not worry, because I don't want to push that onto somebody else. She was very brave and bold and was ready for it. She had done the triathlon in 
August to sort of get her body in shape and then was ready to climb the mountain. So she was going to be gone. And then from there, she was going to Nairobi uh, on a safari. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So she was going to be gone about 12 or 13, 14 days. Who is this person? He's got to lock this down. This lady's awesome. This is very cool. Tell him all the time. I mean, no pressure. You know, relationships tape there. That's kind of a this one. I this one I pressure because I'm like, I think I like her better than I like you. So (laughs) you might want to think about that. Um, So then he had this time where she was going to be gone, and so he's starting a new company, and he had some contacts in Europe that he thought this would be a good time to go meet with them in person. So he sort of combined a business trip. He was in. In, um, Copenhagen and uh, a couple of the cities, London. And then he's like, Mom, you know, for the last part, why don't you meet me in oh, and we can meet yeah. in Paris? And I'm this like, This is wonderful, Marjorie. You know, it's very sweet. And I said, Well, the problem is I'm in school. And he said, I cannot believe that you would, that you are so concerned about getting an A and missing your classes that you would not come meet me. He totally shamed me into meeting him mm-hmm. in Paris. He's like, if you get a B because you miss a couple of classes, but you get to spend eight days with me, I think that's the better choice. And oh, so, yeah. So yes. was you're never going to remember the class. You're going to remember this trip on your deathbed. You're going to be yes. like, I'm so glad I went yes. on that trip with Gar. And on your deathbed, he's going to remind you, aren't you glad you went on that <laughs> trip with me? He will. See, you know my son. So yes, he will. My son Gar was an intern for Elizabeth on Twin Cities Live many, many years ago. So they know each other professionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I flew to Paris. He met me in Paris. And my son is very, um, he lives every moment. I'm very proud of the way he lives his life with intention. Both of my sons do. They they do not waste time. When they're in, when they're somewhere, they are experiencing it fully. And so he said every city that he had been in, he had rented a bike and he had sort of ridden around the city. And he said, so I want to do that in Paris. So I'm going to, I want to rent a bucket bike because he knows I can't keep up with him because I want to rent a bucket bike. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, no. So in, in Paris, like, does it have a sidecar or what? It's a front car. And it's meant for like, it's meant for like, uh, maybe three to 10 year olds. Yes. People have these in my neighborhood. There's yes. tons of them. And people do a lot of, um, at my older kids school. Well, actually at both my kids, all the, both of the schools that my kids go to parents who live in the neighborhood will commute their kids to school on those bikes. Yeah. They're awesome. Yes. Meant for small children, but he's like, you're I'm... an adult woman, <laughs> adult woman who no, should small know one, who but... should know better. And he's like, you just get in the bucket and we'll ride all over Paris. And so does I, the bike have an electric component? It or does. This is it does. Pure, oh, okay. Does. I was going to say, because those, I mean, and I'm not saying, Marjorie, that you have any sort of weight situation. I am <laughs> saying, though, that the bike itself is quite heavy. Like there's yes. a, there's an infrastructure there to this, no. this um, you know, this way of getting around. It's electric. It's electric, which he has an electric bike in Chicago where he lives. So he's quite adept. It wasn't like the first time he had been on an electric bike. So yeah. I had... I had a small comfort zone there, but it is Paris on a weekday. It's busy. Oh my God. And so we get up and we rent the bike right by the Arc de Triomphe, which if, if you ever look at video of the traffic, it's, the traffic around the Arc de Triomphe makes no sense to me. People weave in and out 
And everybody's coming in from like eight different streets. It's crazy. It's a roundabout from hell is what it is. <laughs> it's very stressful. I have so, seen it for myself. Yes. So the first the first leg of our five-hour journey on this bike is to get to the Champs-Élysées on the Arc de Triomphe. So we've got <laughs> to get into the roundabout. And I'm in the bucket. And I am chattering anxiously. And he just says, mom, one of two things is going to have to happen here. You're just going to have to be quiet and trust me, or this is going to be no fun at all. And he's right, because you can't worry about the fact that you're going to die at any second or get hit by a car and have that. I don't know. People do that all the time. They worry all day, every day. Well, I didn't want to ruin it. So I just stopped. And it was the most amazing five hours. Wow. Because we just went everywhere. I've never been to some of the neighborhoods we went to because we could get there so fast. And other than some short periods, there are really great bike lanes all over Paris. Now, the problem is, is everybody uses them. So it's its (laughs) own sort of traffic. I mean, it was just insane. We were going through tunnels. But I mean, there was something so cool about we just like flew by the Eiffel Tower. Then we were at this park. Then we went in one of the neighborhoods. They have the equivalent of the New York High Line. They've taken a train track and they've turned it into this beautiful walking path. So we did that. We were everywhere. But I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know, we often, when your kids are older, you think about, have I done a good job? How are they going to be in the world? Or you worry about this when they're little. And And I had all these sort of personal markers of the kind of men that I wanted to raise. I wanted them to be kind. I wanted them to be curious. I wanted them to be passionate about what they were going to do. I wanted them to be free thinkers. I wanted them to do whatever they wanted to do. And most of these things, I'm, I'm so happy to say, I look at them and I feel that way. Believe me, there are some other issues. But on those big things, I feel pretty good about it. Trust thinking about, can I trust them? Like that was never on my list. Like I never thought about trust in that sense. Like in in the grander sense of like, would I trust them with my life? Yeah. Which is going to be kind of a necessary thing as I get older because they're going to take care of me. And so it was sort of an interesting test of, do I trust him? Do Do I trust trust the three-year-old right now? Who Who's is bouncing about behind you? Bouncing around the wall, and his father is not answering the text messages. Hey, go! You gotta go. Go check on Gracie. Oh, okay, hold on one second. He uh, let me just give you the behind the scenes, and you can leave this in, Marjorie. You don't even have to cut this out. Okay. Heathcliff has placed a paper towel roll on top of a door or on top of a railing, and he wants it off. So hold on. Okay. Ah, no. Okay, you gotta go downstairs. You're killing me. Come on. Go. Take it downstairs. That's it. Got it. Go, 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 go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you hear him? No. I do. He's just not going downstairs. Um, as you're telling this though, it is so fascinating to think about that idea of the trust that you have to shift that into that it's more of a mutual caretaking situation. Right. Even though 
you're always their mother, but it's so, that doesn't that just go against kind of your instincts because you're just so conditioned to just think about caring for them. Yeah. All of them. And that's why I just thought it was, you know, so many times we talk about what it's like to have small children. I mean, a lot of um, our nesters have young kids and they're managing or high schoolers. And it is a whole nother deal when you have fully grown functioning adults and I I'm, I wouldn't say I feel fragile in any way. I work out. I try and take good care of my body. I feel strong. I mean, I'm around most of my days. I'm around 25-year-olds because I'm in grad school. So I don't feel like an older. I don't feel like a senior citizen. And it always ca- catches me off guard when I'm really, I may be one. I'm not sure if I am one, but I'm getting pretty close to being one. Yeah, you can start getting some sick discounts. Yeah, that's coming. And so it was just sort of a, I've never been in a situation where he had to be completely in control. And he had to be completely in control because I can send you, I'll send you one of the um, videos that I took while we were riding around Paris. If it is not, and not, it's not that it's not safe, but it's not unsafe. I don't know if what I just said made sense. I don't think it it's, did. No, but I get what it. Yeah, it's not that it's not safe, but it's also not safe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really depending on everybody behaving properly, and the tourists. That's who don't a get, terrifying thing because oh, you cannot depend on that with humans. No, and you would see sort of tourists who didn't really understand the Parisian bike lanes and the fact that it's like as dangerous as a car lane almost step off and then Gar would ring his little bell. <laughs> so just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But it was, it was so wonderful. And it's the first time he and I have ever traveled alone together as adults for sure. Yeah. And we went from Paris and then we went to, he had a meeting in Lyon and I've never been to Lyon, which is um, south of, of Paris. And then from there we went down to Madrid because I had lived in Spain when I was in college and I hadn't been back to Spain since then. So I haven't been back since 1982. Wow. And so we were in, we were in Madrid, which just, oh my gosh, it, I love that city so much. And I'd forgotten how much I loved Spain. And it was really fun to see, like, it was like, my brain was kind of creaky because when I lived in Spain, all of my classes were in Spanish. And so Mm -hmm. I was, I wouldn't say that I was fluent but i was i was on the verge of being fluent you know i yeah. could i could read and i could i could do i was pretty functional mm-hmm. um but what was really fun was to like feel it just in the smallest way like feel that pathway creak open just that little bit we were staying across the street from or up the street from the prado which is just an amazing art museum and then it borders the main park in madrid mm-hmm. and elizabeth i got up I don't even remember what day it was and just went for a walk by myself in the park. It is one of the most beautiful parks I've ever been in. And I did not see one piece of trash. Wow. It was immaculate. And there was something, I don't know, it was just so beautiful. And it was, oh, it was a Saturday morning because all of the families were out. And so it was just people and children. And then you see, and maybe I just see it because I'm there. And it exists here too, but all through the park, a lot of intergenerational walking. And 
I'll make a huge generalization and anybody from Spain can correct me, but you always see people walking hand in hand or like hand looped through hand. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like oh, arm in like arm, 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 arm is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. And you would see a lot of intergenerational arm in arm walking, which was just sweet. It was just really sweet. So, but when we took the train from, we took the train from Paris to Madrid, we just played cards all the way. And that was so quiet and nice. And it was really, really lovely. So it was a great time. But the trust piece sort of resonates with me. Hey, there's a ghost behind you. I know. It's, here's another one. Here he is. I I know. You got to go downstairs. Yeah. Someone's coming to get you. Go on. Someone's Someone coming to get you. Coming to get you. Come on. And just for anybody listening it? this morning, this is what happens when we record on Saturdays, which this is why is what happens. We don't we record don't on do Saturdays. It. This is why we don't. Yeah. Because, because if mom is home, they gonna, will find me. Yes. Here comes another one. Well, Here's I'm gonna say Frankie. hi to this one. Hey Franklin. Uh Marjorie's saying hi to you, Frankie. He's waving around the paper towel holder. <laughs> this is life. All right, Marjorie. It's looking like I'm out of time. My buzzer has rung. Well, just think about someday you'll be with Franklin or Heathcliff. I know. You'll be on a train to Madrid playing cards and so glad that it all turned out well. I know, but I had them so old that I will be way too old then, March. <laughs> you'll be 80. This is the reality of my life. Well, listen, I'm so glad that you had a great time and I love hearing the stories. Yes. And and all the mothers out there of young children right now are like twitching as they're hearing what's going on in the background. Yes, because they understand. I did a solo episode while you were gone. And I have to say, um, I was a little nervous about it and I ended up having a really nice time. And I've got some people have said that they enjoyed the episode. That's great. Answered some questions that people ask and um Do you remember I, the best question that you answered? Well, one was about how do I stay so positive? I did right. like that one. And then I just had to say, I'm not always positive. Right. Right. We don't share, we try and work through the negative before we get to the podcast to be positive. Yeah. And um, you know, I just consistently get so many kind messages of support and excitement about the podcast. You know, people who say, because you were saying, you know, there's a lot of moms with long, young kids who listen. And I hear from a lot of people who have, their kids are grown and oh, they listen good. to the podcast and that they just love the difference of the perspectives that we have right. and how we can both offer something different. And I think that is really special. And, you know, while we're, while we have you and my children have left, we've got exciting things coming up for the podcast. We've got new support coming on board. And so we hope that you'll continue to listen and continue to share it and continue to make it part of your life. And if you messaged us and said that the ads are getting really loud and we are getting quiet, I believe we've gotten that fixed. And we appreciate you always telling us if you hear something that you I'm so glad you brought that up because several people, and I will say this about the Nestor, several people brought it up the volume of the the commercials. And this is even new for us to have some of these commercials layered in. Going forward, we're going to have sort of some some sponsors, which when we have these sponsors and we talk about the sponsors, Elizabeth and I are so excited about this. And this we are both very familiar with this model because this is what we did very much in radio. And Elizabeth still does this in television. And we want you to know that when somebody comes aboard and sponsors Best to the Nest and we put our voices behind that product, we want you to know that we believe in it. 
Mm-hmm. And we're very picky when we put our voices on something, when we talk about something. And this was true for me in radio. I turned down probably as many possibilities of products to sponsor than I actually sponsored. Yeah. And so we're very picky about the, the and it's really the people and the relationships that we're going to bring to all of you. So we just want you to know that going forward, that's probably going to be happening a little bit. But the people that told us that the ads were too loud, I just so appreciated our nesters are so kind and polite. And they would either tell us with a sense of humor. One woman (laughs) said that every time she almost got into a car accident, every time the ads would come on because it would scare her. So we were we're very upset about that. Yeah. Very, very sorry about that. But everybody else was like, hey, just think you might want to know. And we yeah. we always appreciate it. So thank you so and much for that. Really, I mean, we also just really appreciate you listening to the ads and and you know making a decision about it because our ability to monetize the podcast and it it enables us to continue to do it because right. it, you know you everybody knows this, but your time and your energy and your creativity is yes. valuable, and um, it has to be something that uh, financially for all of us being able to have that supported and um is important it's yeah. really important and it i think is. it hopefully sends the message particularly to women that what you put out into the world is worth something right it's worth something and we have a lot of labor on us that's we are expected societally and within our own homes to do for free and um and so i think being able to monetize your gifts is really important so and i and i think uh, let's never forget that for 6 years now we're working in our sixth year on this podcast. Whoa. Uh, this podcast has been sustained by love. So, <laughs> so the fact that in year six, we may monetize it a bit. I'm feeling okay about that. I know I do too. And I've always I appreciated too. your love, but. So good. I love it. All yeah. right. Do you have the wrap, Marjorie? I don't have it in front of me. I do. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home.